What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up again with James of Rare Americans. We were able to chat with him again over Zoom video. This is the third time we've had James on the show. So we just kind of recap a little bit about our second conversation we had. Uh, he was in the studio actually recording this record that is coming out now. Last time we spoke to him uh, about a year and a half ago, which is interesting because they, they're always like a, an album ahead is how he puts it. They're always an album ahead of their release plan. Um, so it was cool to kind of catch up on what they were doing at the time and how it's related to this new release which is a total concept album. The first time they've done this, if you go back and listen to uh, the second interview, we talk a lot about concept albums and how they'd put out Jamesy Boy and the Screw Loose Zoo and how that really wasn't a concept album. It was just stories about James, personal stories about him. And when working on this next project, which is called The Story of Jungle Bongo Searching for Strawberries, this was actually written as a concept. There was a song that kind of discussed what the concept album was about, and they put it into this amazing project, which is broken up into acts. So act one has its own video going along with uh, music from the album, and there'll be a series of acts coming out, and then a final video of the entire album, which is like a 33-minute long short film that tells the story of Django Bongo. And it's a story about their bass player, actually, taking this life path, leaving a very corporate job, very secure job, to take this 500-mile pilgrimage through Spain. It's called the Santiago de Camino. And it's this, basically a walk all the way through Spain. And this is kind of the story of Jungo's Walk, the story of Jungo Bongo searching for strawberries. They've already got, like I said, they're an album ahead, so they've already got the next project ready, which is going to be a double album, 90-minute long full film. So he talks a little bit about that as well. You can watch our interview with James on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Rare Americans. What's up, James? How are you? Hey, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, so awesome. awesome to see you again. This is the third time I've chatted with you. Yeah, so we appreciate uh, you having me back, man. It's awesome. Uh, I'm excited. You're in a different room from last time. I am. This is the third room you've seen me in, actually. Uh, first time I talked to you, I was in San Diego, and okay. then we moved to Nashville. And now I'm still in Nashville, but I was in a, we were in a transition apartment before our house was ready to go. Nice. So now you're in your uh, your permanent spot or what? I'm in my permanent spot. Yeah, hopefully for a, <laughs> a while. It's at awesome. least moving, man. It's the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. I totally feel. Yeah, we're about to move here in a, in a month or two. So, oh, really? Where are you? At? Are you in? Were you in Vancouver? I think last. We're month? in Vancouver. Yeah, we're just we're we're moving. It's still Vancouver, but uh, just a different spot. My uh, we got we got more animals now, so we need a little bit more space. <laughs> 
Okay, right on. Um, was were you guys waiting on someone else? No, nope. or just you? Okay, just I me. Think, yeah. Okay, Eric. You know Eric? I don't think he's joining. No. Oh, somebody just joined. I, oh. I think Eric did. Eric did, in fact, just join. Oh, what's up, Eric? What is up? I was just saying hi, making sure that Zoom works for everyone, just facilitating the technology. I'll be out. Okay, cool. Thank you. Perfect. Sweet. All right. Yeah, just in- <laughs> making sure everybody's good to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so you're in, in Vancouver now. You're going to move around. And then, uh, yeah, last time we spoke to you, you were in the studio. Yeah, I think you were yeah. doing... What, like the third album, maybe? Or It could be, yeah. I remember that I was sitting in the little uh, kitchen area of the studio, that little wood, uh, the nice wood background. Uh, yeah. I can't I don't remember, though, if that maybe... Uh, we've recorded so much there that it's it's hard to keep track of which uh, which record that was. Yeah, because you're uh, getting ready to release uh, Jamesy Boy and the uh, Screw Loose Zoo. Screw. And okay. then... Um, we were talking. You're like, oh yeah, we're already on the working on the next record, which maybe was uh, it's probably it's probably this one. Oh, okay. It wasn't. You're not a bad person. Well, we actually did this whole recording session kind of in one session, so it was kind of like a a marathon session where we were there for like a month, and I think we recorded something like 22 songs or something like that. So, um, oh wow, up, yeah, we ended up breaking that project up into kind of a couple different projects, opposed to one kind of double album. Okay, yeah, I think so because we were talking about how you said you you kind of the, what the concept is of this new album. You're like, oh yeah, um, our bass player did this crazy like journey, and yeah. we wrote a song about it. But I feel like that's what like, that's kind of the premise for this whole new. Yeah, Project, it kind of right? kind of took on a, a you know a, a bigger life after that. <laughs> there was a couple of songs that were kind of inspired by that story, and then uh, was trying to kind of think of you know kind of the next steps of the the band or the evolution of the band. And obviously, you know, we have uh, an animation kind of arm uh, to what we do, and. So I, I was like, okay, why don't we try to do a bigger, more long form type of project? Um, so then the idea came to kind of take, uh, you know, the inspiration from, you know, kind of Jongo's story and, uh, you know, which is which is a really interesting one. That I think a lot of people can kind of relate to. He was, you know, working for a big company and he was a financial analyst and, um, you know, had a really you know good paying job and you know, job security. But ultimately not a lot of fulfillment uh in his life and in the job and you kind of just feel like you're kind of at the bottom so to speak of the the corporate ladder with really nowhere to go um and he just didn't have a lot of uh creativity in his job not a lot of flexibility and i think that that just kind of reached a boiling point uh and uh, then he was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and he quit and he went on this wild journey called the the Camino, the Santiago de Camino, which is like a like a pilgrimage. It's like a 900 kilometer walk through Spain. Um, you, you walk through all of Spain, all the different cities. I think it even it touches France as well. Um, and yeah, it's really like a soul searching uh, type of walk. Uh, and it's tough. Like you're you're walking like something like 30 kilometers a day or something with your backpack on and you arrive in a new town and uh, you don't have a reservation. You just show up kind of at these hostels and try to get a meal and a bed. And then the next morning you're right back up it on, on the walk. And I think you kind of meet different people as you come and go and you walk at different paces and you hear their stories and they hear yours. And 
it's it's really you know a lot of people I think do that journey to uh, figure out the next steps in their life uh, or you know to try to find their own answers almost by their own version of therapy. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really really fascinating and really interesting, and um, you know ultimately that led him uh, to Canada uh, just kind of by serendipity. Uh, and then, you know, one thing leads to another, he's in Vancouver and somehow we meet him and, uh, now he's, he's been a, a really huge part of, of what we do. So it's one of those things that, uh, in life is just unpredictable. Uh, you kind of just play the hand you're dealt and you see where, how the, you know, the, the cards fall on the table and one thing leads to another and now he lives in Canada and <laughs> he's with us. So it's, <laughs> that's yeah. wild. Yeah, so we thought it would be cool to to kind of you know tell that story via animation and kind of uh, put the other songs to kind of you know fit the narrative, so to speak, of the emotional beats of what you know what he was going through. So um, yeah, it's our first kind of kick at like long form content, which is uh, totally different than anything we've ever done, or I think that even the industry really does. Um, it's just it's a huge project. It took a lot of people. Uh, you know, working for a year for less than they could make doing something else. Uh, and, you know, we uh, we're excited about it. And it's kind of the first uh, the first project of many in this format. So uh, we're going to try this kind of longer form style kind of musical film type of uh, approach for the next kind of couple records. So we're, we'll, we'll see. We have uh, we're all in. And uh, now we just see where the chips fall. That's amazing. Yeah. Last time we spoke, you were saying like you guys have always been kind of like a record ahead of the release yeah. and um and we were actually talking about how i asked you if if jamesy boy was like a, a concept album you're like well not really um it was just stories more personal stories for you and, yeah. and then you're like i don't maybe we should you were kind of like floating the idea around about doing a, a more of a project like this i think it's so rad that you ended up you know doing because you do have that whole element the the animation element and just so much of what you guys do is is really cool in, in those videos. Not only, I mean, the music's amazing, but like having that like you know, balance of the two and now really putting it towards, it sounds like it's going to be more of a, like a direct concept, like storyline. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, just trying to, trying to keep it interesting, trying to do something a little bit different. And I think the other thing for us is, you know, we... We spent really the last year touring, uh, which was huh. new, new for us. So we played almost, you know, 100 shows. So it was a really busy year. Um, while also, you know, when we were back, we recorded uh, two albums, actually, uh, two different time periods when we were back. So it was a it was a very, very uh, intense year, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. I've kind of adopted this phrase of full contact living. <laughs> <laughs> uh just just one thing to the next uh just game on um and yeah uh so now we're we're in full-blown you know try to grow mode uh you know we're we're probably not going to tour for a little while and um you know we're really going to get back to uh you know focusing on our youtube channel mm -hmm. uh, because what i think we've learned uh over time now is uh, you're, you're on YouTube. You're, you're not just competing against other artists. You're competing against vloggers. You're competing against the farmer down the street. Right. He's got this cool little <laughs> thing that he does. Um, so it's, I think it's a platform that really requires and rewards consistency. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think we've learned that when we've, especially through touring, when we've, you know, had a release and then nothing for a little while and then something else and then nothing for a little while, it's, you can't do that. I don't think it favors the platform. I think when you have a large subscriber base, like we do, yeah, you, you guys have keep, a bunch you gotta keep, you gotta keep giving them things or else they're just moving on to the next creator. Um, so our plan this year is to really, you know, weekly releases, uh, and, and really try to just reinvigorate our YouTube channel to, you know, hopefully just grow organically and, and through steady, steady, steady releases for a full year, you know, you hope you have, uh, a couple of the ones that make a, a big blip kind of on the chart, so to speak. So, um, the nice thing about doing these long form projects, it's 33 minutes, the whole piece, but we can break that up into like 12 or 13 different pieces of content. Um, so that, you know, that's almost three, four months there of, of weekly releases. So um, that's going to be, oh, wow. that's kind of our plan for the year. And then uh, going right into another one after that and after that again. And um, so really just all, all in on, on mad, mad content this year. Wow. Okay. So a couple of things I'm curious about. Um, first is... You you said you're gonna do like what? Uh, are you gonna release a song every week, or is it gonna, or is it just a, an element of the storyline that's gonna come out every week? That was the most challenging part, which we're gonna learn from this is trying to take a 33 minute, um, you know, pillar content or full film, and how do you break that up? That was the that was the biggest probably decision that we had to make. So. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, we talked to a lot of different people um, who are quite familiar with the YouTube space and um, kind of the, the knowledge, I guess, we got uh, was if you can have a long form piece of content that's like 10 minutes um, and your retention rate is high, that's like the, the holy grail, so to speak. Sure. Um, so we figured, OK, instead of breaking this up into, you know, three minute chunks, uh, hey, part one, part two, part 14 part <laughs> kind of hard to follow along uh we decided to do it in three acts so you know three roughly 11 minute acts that are going to come out kind of you know two weeks apart and then uh after those three come out we'll release the full 33 minute piece and that's a separate piece of content and then after that we'll break them up into the individual three minute music videos week over week over week so oh uh, wow yeah so if you're someone who you know for example missed act two for whatever reason uh you know those three or four songs that are in act two are, are really ultimately going to be new releases for you as a one of our subscribers uh if you would have missed that so uh hopefully we get the benefit of both um but we'll see uh, we've never done this before so yeah uh, it could totally backfire and not work or <laughs> it, could be, it could be great I, I think that's the most challenging part about being a an artist or a content creator is you have to kind of make these decisions and then you know, hope the world works in your favor a little bit. There's no, there's no how to book on this, you know? Right. Right. Cause your first act's coming out next week, I believe. Right. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. yeah. Monday. And that's four songs from, or three. there's three songs, sorry, three songs. And that'll be the first act. And then once right. all the acts are out and the 33 minute video or full, full yeah. length thing comes out, or is that just going to be that that's not even the acts scrunched together. It's like a whole different, no, no, no. That is that is oh, the it is. Okay. Uh, together. If you wanted to watch it in its full, yeah, full. okay, I, I got it. Uh, or, or also, if you're someone who listens to YouTube as your primary music source, and you don't want to have to flip between links, now you get 33 minutes of music straight. Yeah. On one link. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. 
yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is all a learning experience, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we've done our very best to prepare and try to make it interesting and try to build awareness. And now it's kind of like it just has to be out in the world, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I love the little teaser video you guys did, like the minute and a half little teaser for it. Or the, yeah, we've been yeah. we've been trying to just spice things up a little, and I mean that's that's the whole thing, right? Is you gotta you you gotta capture people's attention uh, and build awareness really. And you just try to do whatever you possibly can to give your first song or your first piece of content, the best chance in the world. Um, and, you know, we, I'm not a fan of the whole pre-save culture, but I understand that it's, you know, when we ask, is this important and people tell us yes. So it's like, okay, I guess we have to do this. Well, okay, if we're going to do that, let's at least make it an exchange with our fans of, mm -hmm. you know, you get some value in it and we get some value in it. So we were, you know, doing things like uh, you get a $5 merch uh, card for pre-saving automatically and um, just trying to have an exchange of goods, so to speak. Uh, yeah. It sucks you know, when you're like, pre-save now, pre-save, please pre-save, you have to. And, <laughs> and, and I hate it, but here I am making these stupid videos that say, but you have to, it's like the, it's kind of, I mean, it feels kind of cringy. I mean, I feel cringy when I have to do it for like in, yeah. for this podcast and stuff, but in the reality it's people need to know and they want to know. And you know, it's like, Oh wow. Okay. Rad. This is coming out. I need to make sure that I know. And it can, give the, it can also give the song, um, you know, substantially more streams over time because people don't typically take songs out of their playlists they usually keep them in their playlist so mm -hmm. if you can get a pre-save and now your song is in their library and they're on a road trip or they're camping or they're at home or whatever and they just hit shuffle well your song is getting spun and uh it's kind of always staying in rotation so to speak so i see a lot of value in that um i just i hate how beggy it is because i don't think fans even like doing it like Every time I try to pre-save something, it's like, oh shit, I'm signed out of Spotify. I got to figure out my password. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if pre-saves altogether disappear in the not too distant future and something else comes along. It just feels like fans don't really like doing it. Artists don't really like asking yet. Everybody is that I, I feel when things are like that, they can't, they don't have staying power. Um, right. Who knows? I, I have no idea. I, I don't work at Spotify. I, am, uh, <laughs> sure. I have no idea. This is purely my own opinion. <laughs> um, well, you guys kind of started out. I know. Well, you're in bands before and did the touring thing. And you're talking about like, obviously, if you're touring Canada, you're driving ridiculous mileage to get to the next place. And maybe there's not a lot of people there. So you you really started Rare Americans more like online, right? Like you that's what the real focus was in the beginning. Uh, yeah, totally. A hundred percent really online. Our, our, our kind of, I guess, plan from day one was uh, to try to go global uh, because the internet's the internet, anything right. can around and it really does not matter if someone's from Salt Lake city or from Rio de Janeiro or from Vancouver. Um, you know, I, I find that the internet once things start gaining traction, then organically it gets boosted to other parts of the world, no matter what. It's more based on your interest, I would say, than the location. It's not, I'm not getting served a disproportionate amount of content from Vancouver. Right. Uh, I, I get served content <laughs> that the, you know, the powers that be think that I'm going to be interested in. <laughs> sure. So that was 
kind of our plan from the beginning was just release a lot of uh, content and try to go global to build a bit of a following. And hopefully those people will tell their friends who will tell their friends and we can create kind of this spider web online um, opposed to the, you know, the more traditional model where you didn't have the internet to your, your advantage and you had to just play local gigs. And once you could sell 150 tickets, go to the next town that's an hour and a half away or whatever. And, you know, try to build outwards. Um, that just wasn't our focus. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't really play shows really at all. Uh, and then we had planned to, once we started kind of gaining some traction, but then obviously we got hit by the pandemic. Um, we're like, okay, well, that's fine. This kind of actually fits us. Um, because we, we had a lot of material that we were working on and and the, the ability to also continue making videos because they weren't live action, they were animated. So, it was really our animation team. Everybody was just working from home. Yeah. Um, we're able to still make content. And uh, so we actually grew like a lot uh, through the pandemic. And then uh, once touring became a thing again, um, yeah, we put a tour on sale and we started in America, which is very different for Canadian bands. Um, most yeah. Canadian bands uh, takes them a long time. They really focus on Canada first. We, our audience was predominantly in America. So yeah, we put a tour on sale. We had absolutely no idea if we were going to sell 50 tickets or 500 tickets or whatever. And yeah, totally sold out like before we ever even hit the road, not one ticket available. So that was wow. crazy. That was That's totally amazing. Crazy. That, was yeah, cool. well, that was one of the coolest moments probably of the whole experience, I would say, thus far. Did you do that tour before or after or before the last time we talked? Oh, after yeah, we had. It never was after, toured. right? Yeah, we had never was, toured it. Yeah, yeah, you had still hadn't toured, and yeah, exactly. it was interesting because we were talking about, um, like Arkells being like this band that was like a stadium yeah. band or arena band in, exactly. in Canada, and then I worked at a radio station uh, before doing the podcast full time, and we had them play at like our Christmas show, and they were the first band like as you came in, and it, it was interesting yeah. to kind of see the difference, and then. But having a you guys having a fan base already here right away, I mean, that's probably such a it probably adds a lot more value. I don't know. Maybe. What do you think? I don't know. I guess America is the place you kind of want to make it. Um, I, what's great about America is cities are quite close together. Uh, sure. so you, can, you can hit so many markets like we toured America twice. Uh, in the, in one year. And still, I feel like there's 40 cities that uh, are good <laughs> major markets that we could sell out in and we haven't even hit those yet. So that's uh, wild. The other thing that's good about America is um, people really want to buy merchandise. Okay. Uh, so it's it's quite lucrative, I would say, on the merch side, if you're a band that really puts an emphasis on merch, which we are. Yeah. Uh, so we've done very, very well with merchandise in America versus uh, you go to Eastern Europe, for example, and just the economy is just so much tougher. Um, you know, it's just really, it, it boils down to that. People just don't make as much money. They don't have as much money, but it still costs us as much money to make merchandise. So, right. you know, we can't just totally slash our prices to meet kind of their uh, economic status in any given country. Uh, so we find that, you know, in countries like Slovakia, for example, you sell a lot less merchandise. Um and at the end of the day, it's like, that's just, that's revenue as a band and you're there and it's, it's expensive to tour there. So these are all yeah. kind of things you learn along the way and that you have to factor into your decision-making, especially as an independent band. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, America, I mean, it's, 
it's 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 the place man it's uh <laughs> everybody cool. wants to everybody wants to make it big in america uh, i think that's so rad though that you guys were able because you hadn't done anything or hadn't done any touring yet and we were kind of talking about that and it was more on the lines of radio like what like because you guys are talking about the radio because i worked at the radio and speaking of your merch i found my rare americans nice yeah <laughs> you know what we're lunch we pail yeah, we got the lunch boxes coming back. Actually, we're, oh, we're do you? yeah, we're doing them again for uh, uh, for this uh, release. We got a lot of cool merch for this. We did a backpack, yeah. a water bottle, and a, like kind of like a travel kit, so to speak. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, going along line with uh, exactly. the storyline. Yeah, that, that was still the coolest thing I've ever received at a, at a ra- when I worked at the that's, radio that's station. That's awesome. That's, that's super cool. Yeah, I still have it. It has the T. I didn't even take the T-shirt out. It's got the grinder, like a bottle opener. Um, I, I think it. there's that's gum in there. I just went yeah, through it yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, gum and chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so cool. Um, well, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to ask you about the. So coming up with this, the new record, you said it, you were working on a bunch of stuff. So you're not a bad person was at the same time as this kind of concept thing built. And what about like songs that don't belong? Was that just kind of like, that was, was like that all, uh, all in the same I thing? Say, I don't want to say throwaways, but uh, those were, that's why we call this songs that don't belong. They were like a one or two from the first record we ever did. There is, uh, you know, maybe one from Jamesy Boy in the Screw Loose Zoo time period. There were just songs that I had kicking around, essentially iTunes that we had never released. And it was kind of more like, we're not going to put a lot of hype into this. We're not begging people for pre-saves. We're not putting mm-hmm. a huge campaign. It was more like, eh, it's Christmas. Let's just, here's five songs uh, that were kind of outcasts, so to speak. Um, and then I would say that I... Probably of the recording session we did for this one and uh, You're Not a Bad Person, I would say I pretty well cherry picked the songs that I wanted to for this project. Mm, uh, okay. And and then the rest were kind of like, okay, well, let's make a, a record out of that as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, that's kind of how it came to be. So with this this upcoming project, um, <laughs> we were talking about before you, you said, like, if you're going to do a concept, you you're thinking maybe you'd have to sit down and like kind of start like, okay, here's how it's going to begin. This is going to how it, it's going to end. Was that the case with, with this? Or was it like, I have a couple songs in this realm. Like, let me build off of it. Cause is it, is it a, is it, it must be a, a story, right? Or a, yeah, a, we, a, uh, we, I, I almost don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but we, I would say <laughs> retrofitted uh, several songs to fit the narrative that I had written essentially. Okay. Uh, so there was a couple songs that were actually inspired by the story. Uh, and then I was like, okay, could this be its own video concept, its own story start to finish? And if so, do we have of this batch of songs, do, can we kind of place them that fit the narrative to the video? And I was able to do that successfully. Um, so it worked uh, based on the emotional beats that the character was kind of going through. So uh, we worked backwards, I would say. Um, okay. Which I don't recommend, uh, <laughs> you know, for example, like we actually a project that's coming next year that we already recorded is a 24 song double album. Uh, that's a 90 minute feature. Uh, that's wow. We're, yeah, we're about 60 percent done the animation on that one. It's a behemoth of a project. Um, but that one was written, you know, after this Jungle Bongo and we kind of learned we actually wrote that uh, from scratch as a concept album. Uh, with all of like the plot points and the character emotions 
each song we wrote the songs in succession uh in in order of you know how the story took place so we kind of wrote the story as we wrote the songs um so that one i would say was more like true to you know from the very first song it was it was writing this concept story in the video together um versus jungle we retrofitted um, sure i still think it works but I would imagine that the project coming next year probably works just even better because it's it was written for that format. Okay. And with with Django, because yeah, you said you had written a song about this experience yeah. that uh, this person had. And do you write like, do you have the songs done and then kind of figure out what the storyline is and then go to the like storyboarding of what you want the yeah. actual piece to look like? Okay. Yeah, exactly. You wrote the piece along to what the how the record was going to sound. Yeah, exactly. We already had the record, and then it was like, are we making one music video, two music videos, and then and it was kind of this crazy idea of why don't we do this whole thirty minute video? Uh, and then it was like, okay, what songs fit in which uh, slots here to tell this story? Um, and 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 I at the start I didn't know if it was going to work or not, and then you know. All of a sudden, you have three, four in a row. You're like, oh, this totally works. Totally makes sense. Oh, shit. This one doesn't work. Okay, let's try this one, though. Okay, yeah, this the subject matter and the lyrics totally fit this. Okay, great. Now, keep going all the way through. How much, um, like, when it, because you were writing it all, how much of the actual, like, were you having to talk with him quite a bit on how, like, the experiences he was having during this? Was he telling you a bunch of stories? Like, how did you uh, yeah. pull it together? Or yeah. was it kind of your own creativity? No, I definitely sat down with him and 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 I knew the story kind of just through drinking some beers and just hearing about this story 10 times. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of knew like the bones of the story and then took some artistic liberties to, you know, dramatize it a hair to, you know, make it more compelling for film, I guess. Uh so yeah, there's, I would say it's like, it's not a hundred percent his story, but it's probably like 75. But it's, yeah. Okay. That's cool though. And yeah. how did you guys meet? Cause I didn't ask you this last time. Cause you had early on, you, you had hired bass players from bigger bands and kind of yeah. did this process. And then once you, once you got Django in the band, it was like, okay, I think you were working on the second record or yeah, he came record. early. Yeah. Second record. Um, yeah. yeah I met him through our, uh, our guitarist, uh, Lubo, who has, has since kind of, he's, he's, uh, moved on from the band now with, uh, just a lot of, he's got two kids and it's just, oh, yeah, a lot. life got crazy. Um, uh, touring was no longer, uh, a, a possibility in his life. Um, but sure. he's from Slovakia as well. And, uh, him and I are, are very good friends and we played in one band before Rare Americans together. And when we were recording the second record, we wanted uh, just two guitarists, really, um, just to make the recording process a little speedier. And uh, so through kind of his his network, um, there's not that many Slovakians in Vancouver, so they have a Facebook group. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they're sharing baby clothes and all sorts of things. They meet up and hang out and... Uh, so I think he had met Django maybe through that. And then um, they started jamming a little bit together just to, for fun. Uh, and and he was like, oh, this guy's a really good player. Um, and so I met him, really liked him, just was a 10 out of 10 guy. Just uh, super interesting, very smart, uh, 
knows world history like no one else you've ever met before. Uh, so we had a lot of similar interests and we're able to just have like super long, interesting intellectual conversations. And I really like that. And uh, so we just invited him for the second record more as like a session player. Uh, and then I thought he really added a lot of just great ideas. Uh, and we're like, all right, man, let's, uh, you want to join the band? Uh, and it was almost like asking someone on a date or something. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he, he said, yes. Oh, uh, that's good. And then there you know, we're, whatever, <laughs> five years later now in, in a happy marriage. So that's so cool. Yeah. Cause I was asking, cause you had Eric Judy on the first record, right? From. Actually, Eric Judy was supposed to be on the first record, and then oh, he had a hernia or something, yeah, right? He, he, he okay, pulled out like a, like a week before we were recording. Uh, That's what it was. He was replaced by Yuki Matthews. Oh from yeah, the- from the Shins. That's yeah. what it was. Okay, now yeah. I, re- I do remember now. Okay, yeah. but yeah, and then he joined because I asked if you're, and he just ended becoming became the permanent member at that. Yeah, point exactly. After later on, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, so when it comes to this, because this new project Act One's coming out. And um, I'm just like, I'm super excited to see how this thing all kind of unfolds. I know it had to be like a like makes, that of, makes two of us <laughs> like a behemoth. And the, I guess the next one's even more insane. But like just having this all put together and, and the, the following you guys have put and, and made online is just so impressive. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a been a journey, man. Just I feel like you just got to keep uh, keep grinding. That's kind of the. Feel the only way that you can be in this industry is if you have thick skin and you're willing to just get your hands dirty and and understand that there's going to be losses and understand not everything's going to pop off even if you love it and you don't understand why other people don't love it it's that's just kind of part of uh part of the journey i think and you have to you have to really like the journey uh to be in this industry if all you're purely focused on is the destination then i think you're gonna have a real tough time it's just it's tough it's uh there's a lot of work that goes into <laughs> it man it's uh it's crazy yeah i know especially with what you guys do not only having the songs and then recording the songs and and that aspect of it but then adding in this whole like uh animated storyline and these characters and everything else like honestly i feel like that like at least for me specifically that's not what what's that hard in my opinion it's huh i would say that like i find that actually the easier part or the fun part at least of like my favorite thing is to make something from nothing that's like that's what gets me off i love uh, writing a song you have this thing now in the world that never existed i like recording songs because you really other people inspire you and different producers that you bring this thing to life and you you get really inspired and making videos also i find you know a really fun interesting process and i i think what's hard is marketing them oh yeah uh, and, and getting your your ducks in a row on all like the just the details that go into like releasing something uh, and, and then, you know, so especially when you're not on a label because we're our own label. So all of just all of the call it like admin work that you have to do to successfully release an album on time. So everything hits at once, your merchandise, your uh, your songs, your TikTok sounds, your uh, everything uh, and coming up with an interesting awareness campaign to get people jazzed on this project. Um, I think that that's a massive um, job. Uh, yeah. That's a job, I would say. It's more of a job than than just the creation part, which feels like pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would also say that 
touring that that introduced uh, a whole new behemoth in my life. Uh, that's just wild. Like uh, it's it's it just puts a wrinkle in everything. And I love playing shows. Like I I really I enjoy the moments with the fans and and having bringing all that energy to the table. Um, but I would say that the the grind of travel and the grind of just being fatigued uh, all the time because, you know, you're catching a plane here, you're on a train here, a bus, a vehicle, you're, uh, did I get four hours of sleep tonight or seven? Uh, where am I eating my next meal? Uh, I have takeout now two times a day. Like, uh, and, and then the downtime you have when um, you're not either at sound check or playing or getting ready for your show you know, you have kind of several hours, but you're kind of living in this like cloud where you're like, I'm a little too tired to just sit down and like work on something like a song and uh, okay, I'll get my emails done. I have to, but oh shit, I have to get to this next uh, whatever interview or right. uh, you never have enough time. Um, <laughs> so you're like, I guess I'll walk around a city. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, that was cool. Uh, but shit, I was in this city six months ago. So I, I know this city very well at this point. Uh, so I sound like I'm complaining. I don't want to complain. No, but I, it, that's just, that's the nature of it all. Yeah, right? it, I mean, you just, ha- that's how yeah. it is. Yeah. And you're just, you're gone a lot. So I'm someone who really likes routine. Like I like, um, you know, I, I like going to bed. I like waking up early in the morning. I like working out. I like taking my dog out, uh, you know, every single day. And I like playing sports a lot. That's a big part of my life. So when you're when you're gone for like a year, just routine is just gone. It's out the door. Um, and that's where I I can I also find like on the mental health side of things, that's where it can get challenging. Like oh, yeah. you, you gotta really like, you know, you gotta really have check-ins with yourself. Um, uh, because when you're just totally outside of any sort of routine, everything feels a little bit chaotic. Um, so it's I would say touring is for all of us really just added like uh, this element of life that had never existed before. That's kind of become part of what we kind of have to do. And it's just, it's just new. We just never had to deal with that before. So um, it will be, I guess, interesting and strategic how we approach this, um, you know, moving forward. uh, So we don't burn ourselves out either. Yeah. Cause I'm going to say now that you have all these, I mean, this rad concept behind the videos and then the, the next thing that's going to be a really longer format thing, like the amount of work you guys are doing on that end and then having to bring that and then go, okay, we're going to go be on the road for six months or whatever. Also, I think like um, designing shows uh, is also a really big job because we, I think we've always like, I don't know, had aspirations of the, you know, the, the Pink Floyds of the world or Roger Waters. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real show. Um, and I, I, I like that. Like I, I personally like when you go to a show and like, I can, I haven't seen the Taylor Swift show, but I've seen all the posts about it. Oh, uh, I went, dude, it was in, it was the, the coolest thing I've ever seen. My whole life. Yeah, exactly. Like hundred percent. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I really am going to try to go. Um, I don't think she's playing in Vancouver, but um but anyway, like, I love the idea that she's put so much thought behind her show. Uh, and so we're obviously trying to do that same thing at a club level. Um, uh-huh. 
you know, we don't get to have a stage where she's jumping into water uh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, Her know, stage was gnarly, man. I yeah, mean, the, we, the amount yeah. of money that it had to cost the screen alone, it was like, it had to be so many and, and months and months and months or a year of preparation. Um, so anyway, it's, it's us in the basement trying to come up with our version of these different moments that we can create in the show. Um, but you got to write those. Um, that's, uh, we're not just, a, we're not just a band that goes up and like, just jams and plays whatever song is we've tried to really take the kind of our animated approach of, you know, having more of a theatrical type of, um, you know, presentation online and now do that same thing to our live show. Um, and that's really just, again, four guys in a basement trying to write this um, and, and, ah, that doesn't work. Ah, ah, this doesn't flow right. Okay. Switch. Uh, who's uh, okay. We need another idea here. What kind of moment can we have to spice this up? Okay, let's try this. All right, that works. Great. Okay, we're on to something here. Um, but that's a process that also just takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It's it's not something that you know just that just happens. You gotta just really go through the repetition of it. So um, you need to block off like a couple solid months really of of creating a good hour and a half show. Um, so that's another thing I would say that okay, well that's time. So right. that, that takes away either from your, your writing of music, your recording of music, your marketing of music, whatever. Um, so that's one of the, probably the biggest challenges of what we do as being an independent band is just figuring out and slotting in what's important when, uh, and, and not making huge misses, uh, because misses, you know, they can also cost money. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing about you guys that I, I find like to be so you know impressive is that you are an independent band. I mean, you spent a, a, a moment on a record label and it was like you guys were just like, nah, this isn't for us. We want to get all of our stuff back and do this how we do it. And the amount of success that you've had in that realm is is yeah, it's just it's insane. Yeah, we definitely have learned now that I, I just I don't I don't want to be a part of that rat race. Um, yeah. it just uh, it doesn't it just doesn't bring me enough joy in the world. Um, even probably if we were still on our a major record label, my guess is we would be larger. Um, but the thought of, I don't know, doing it that way where it's, we don't get to kind of call the shots and you know, it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's uh, no, we are spending money on this. No, we're not spending money on that. Uh, we approve this. We don't approve that. Uh, it doesn't feel as rewarding, I guess. Um, even if you know we're a, a little smaller or whatever than where we might have would be on a major label, um, when we get to go play for the fans and we see a, a lineup outside or a big line at the merch booth or a sold out crowd, and we can all kind of look at each other and be like, "Oh man, this is the fruits of our own labor here." Like, yeah, that's that's one of the best feelings, I guess. And um, you know, I don't, I don't want to give that up. No, I, yeah. And a hundred percent, I agree with everything you just said. And you don't know if you would have been a bigger, I mean, there's yeah, no yeah, guarantee, uh, right? No I mean, guarantee, you could have yeah, got, yeah. you could have got shelved behind the yeah, new yeah. Justin Bieber release yeah. or whatever it happens. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Um, but, uh, I just have a couple more quick questions on, uh, this new, the new project you've, you went to school for audio and, and music. You went to school for yeah. engineering. Um, and you've talked to me about some of the original demos, elements of those will make the actual record. Did any like? Did you have that same uh, experience with these songs on this 
you know, this. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like almost, almost all of these songs we had demoed ourselves um, and done a lot of the production work. um, And it wasn't until kind of this last record that we did where we worked with a totally different producer, a different style of producer who is much more of like a, a dude who had a vision for a song and he did not want to hear your demo. Uh, <laughs> he was like, play me this on the acoustic guitar right now. Uh, I have no interest in hearing what you've kind of crafted at this point uh, because you can never unhear something as a producer, which I now right. understand. So um, you, you're almost like when you, uh, his name is Tim Randolph uh, and that's the upcoming projects, which I'm really yeah, excited yeah. about. Um, but yeah, you can't unhear something. So he was like, he wanted to have his shot at how he visualized something first. And if you don't like it, that's fine. We can go to something else. But he wanted to see what hit him in his gut first. Um, and I'd never worked in that regard before. I'd never worked with a producer like that. So um, that really opened up my eyes now moving forward that kind of like, I don't know if we need to demo as extensively um, because when you work with different types of producers, you need to give them the the room to be able to add their magic to something or else why are they there? Um, right. So that's kind of an interesting balance. I'm, I'm learning more and more through working with different types of producers uh, and trying to strike the balance of, you know, is it our, you know, our production essentially that, that we've done a lot of this work on, or should we just go in totally blank on this acoustic demo and see what comes out? Um, and I would say I used to be much more of like a control freak probably. And I wanted, <laughs> I wanted us to do as much of the work up front as possible and just make us sound better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I've kind of shifted more to uh more improvisation or let's let's see what the vibe and the moment brings um and because a lot of magic can happen out of that yeah yeah for sure but it's interesting because you can't unhear what you've already done you know he's not he's never heard it but then it must have been hard for you to even reframe because you've heard probably heard the songs a million times before that and then you're then you're going in and it's like a totally different well i'm sure you've heard heard demoitis before it's it's oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> very much a, it's very much a real thing that every artist <laughs> in the world knows that you're you know it's so hard to let go of something um and 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 that also though at the same time can be a gut thing that if you do still feel attached to your demoitis then that probably means something right and maybe you should go with that direction but you know if if now you hear a new version and you know you've at the start people don't like change it feels scary <laughs> But then you start to listen a few more times and you catch yourself singing in the car, the new version uh, that becomes your new kind of demoitis. Um, so, yeah, it's always a fine, tricky balance and, and something I'm, I'm learning all the time. That's interesting. I wonder, did he ever listen back to your production after the fact or no? Oh, he, he, he was not he that kind of guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was going to be like, I'm just curious to see what you did. He nah. didn't have any, any. <laughs> He'd be like, I think mine's better. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, he didn't even care to hear it. Oh, that's funny. Well, dude, I, I, I cannot wait to, to, to see how this thing um, unfolds as far as the videos go. I'm really excited and I love everything you guys are doing. Unfortunately, I haven't seen you guys play live. It sounds like you're not going to be out for a bit just because you just did a bunch of touring. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll be out there <laughs> again. And and like Nashville is a good example, right? That's a market that we have not hit yet. And yeah, you guys didn't come through. I saw the tour. I was like, oh, 
Yeah, yeah, and that's you know obviously it's a great huge music market. So uh, we we will be there uh, for sure, probably sometime in twenty twenty four. So when we Love come, that. we'll uh, we'll put you on the list, and it'd be great to meet you in person as well. I was gonna say, yeah, we should do this in person for the maybe the Love fourth you. time we'll be in person. <laughs> yeah, and who knows, we'll have a lot more out by then too. So be- <laughs> yeah, you'll probably have two more records already yeah, in the can. Yeah, no, no rest for the wicked this year. That's for sure. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much, man, for doing this again. I uh, it's always such a great pleasure talking to you um cool. i'm gonna Appreciate ask you this thank you for the support oh yeah i'm gonna ask you the same question i've asked you the last two times though at the okay. end uh if you have any advice for aspiring artists oh anything shit. changed in the past year or two <laughs> yeah i can't i can't remember what i said last time hopefully it's not the same answer um it doesn't matter if it is uh advice for uh aspiring artists i would say that you gotta really understand that uh no one's gonna do this for you uh, that the only person who's ever going to make anything happen is yourself. And if yeah, a lot of people are probably going to, you know, try to uh, tell you that they're really going to help you. Or if you hire me, I'm going to do the following. And uh, those experiences you just have to learn through and you can't feel like you're let down by them. Now I've kind of just learned that uh, anything that happens for us is going to come from what we do. Uh, and we can't, we can't, you can't just rely on other people to get you to where you want to get to. Of course, people can help and assist you, but uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to you and um, you got to be ready to just put in the mad, mad, mad work and the hustle and the follow through and the, um, the never kind of give up mentality. And this isn't going to take one record, two records. You got to be into this for like five years or more. Uh, to start to see things happen. They really take time. So um, yeah, you got to be got to be patient and just be willing to to just keep going and put in the work yourself. 